Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. You're listening to Luke's English Podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.co.uk. Hello, welcome back to Luke's English Podcast. Here's a new episode for you. And this one is another conversation episode, a conversation with a guest. Uh, And it'll be the last one I'm doing for a little while. This year, I've done quite a few conversation episodes. In fact, the last three or four episodes have all been conversations with guests. But after this, you'll get some more solo episodes from me over the next few weeks, including, yes, a short story episode as well, because I know that uh, people like those. Uh, So there is a short story episode coming soon. But now for this episode, uh, it's another conversation. And this time it's with Kate Billington, who is a returning guest and a popular guest. This is her fifth time on the show. And um, over the last few episodes, I've done some fairly long introductions at the beginning, right, to explain certain things before the conversation begins. But I don't think it's necessary this time. Uh, I think the title of the episode explains pretty much everything you need to know. Kate Billington moved to Taiwan. Yes, Kate just decided to move to the other side of the world and then she did it. Why? How? What's she doing? How's it going? Well, that's what we're going to talk about. And as you might expect, there are a few conversational tangents along the way when we end up talking about other completely different things. Um, It's great to have Kate back on the podcast, even if we're not in the same room uh, sharing cake and tea together. uh, It's always nice to talk to her. I hope that you enjoyed the episode. I'll come back at the end to chat to you a little bit more. But for now, let's get started. Let's find out what's going on with Kate. And here we go. It's very strange to talk to you um, what, from Taiwan. From Taiwan. You're still in Paris. In general, it's strange to talk to you, obviously. Mm. But you know that already. Yeah. Um, but yeah, <laughs> very funny. <too. laughs> um, but here you are in, in Taiwan. I was actually going to say, my like the, the first thing, I mean, the, the title of this episode, I think, is going to be Kate Billington Moved to Taiwan. Um, right? Yeah. You know, just... Which some people already know because I've met some of your podcast listeners here. Oh, have you? Did I tell you that? Well, no, you didn't tell me that. Actually, um, yeah, Taiwan is, I think, still at the moment, in fact, my number one, uh, what shall I call it, region... (laughs) <laughs> country it's list it's listed state state you can call it a state place yeah um it's the number one i call it a country that's controversial yeah oh, personally i call it a country we've already got into the controversial topic yeah. of w- whether it's a country or not but we're two minutes in two minutes in already <laughs> should we, we talk about the latest election in taiwan maybe we can talk about the election later <laughs> but um the was really cool. so organized yeah anyway so um in my list of like you know locations for uh, my yes. audience of this podcast 
uh, Taiwan recently has actually been the number one place. So actually, you could say, the, yeah, the my highest number of listeners come from Taiwan. Yes. Then you haven't used the word country or nation or state in the pie chart of my of the the location of my audience. Taiwan yeah. has the largest uh, slice of that pie chart. It doesn't mean that Which it doesn't is- mean that Taiwan has got more than everywhere else, uh, right? Because actually the, the the pie chart is cut into many, 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 many fairly slim slices because my podcast is, you know, my audience is very widely distributed around the world. But of those yeah. many thin uh, slices, Taiwan is, is yeah. the least thin. The thickest. Yeah. The fattest slice. Right. So I've got, I do actually have a lot of uh, lepsters over there in, in Taiwan. And now we're going to. Okay, cool. I'm going to ask you why you moved to Taiwan and stuff because in a moment because a lot of okay. the a lot of my listeners are like what what why is she in Taiwan? But I'm going to ask you that in a yeah. moment. But first of all, so you okay. have you've actually met some of my listeners over there, have you? Yes, yes, yes. So um, because I'm still teaching at the British Council where you and I used to teach together, obviously in Paris, mm. um, and now I teach for them in Taiwan. And I've had I teach adults mostly, a few young learners as well. And I've had multiple students come up to me and say, oh, I heard you on Luke's English podcast. And a couple of very lovely students heard the episode where I talked about my cycling accident. And I've had at least two students say to me, oh, I was so worried to hear about your accident. Are you okay? <laughs> oh, oh, yes, I'm fine. Thank you. <laughs> That's nice. It was really sweet. Yeah. But were they, really nice. were they not like totally surprised to see you there in, in Taipei? Um. Yeah, I think so. I mean, yeah, they they knew that I used to live in Paris because you know when when they book lessons on the booking system, they get a little description of the teacher, and mine says I taught at the British Council in Paris for five years. So it's it adds up, you know. So yeah. I assume they've seen that and they've thought, oh, she's obviously moved to Taiwan, mm. um, and then they've come to a lesson and and met me, um, which is lovely. Yeah. But yeah, it's always a bit funny because we've talked about this before, haven't we? Like I had a nine-year-old student who said, I already know you because my mum listens to Luke's English podcast. And I was like, whoa. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Okay. It's it's a bit yeah. weird, like a, a little taste of celebrity there. A tiny taste, a tiny, tiny taste. I think it's a big enough taste for me. I don't, I don't feel the need to be more famous than this. This is, this is sufficient. Yeah. 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 I don't have a lot of, um, you know, I don't get a lot of uh, those feelings of celebrity most of the time. No, because as I said, do you get? Yeah, do you get? Do you ever get recognised just in random places? I mean, I know like you have the odd student as well in Paris who knows you and listens to the podcast, right? But that's different because they presumably know before they come to your lesson, mm. right? But do you ever get recognised just in the street? Rarely. So in France, mm. so in, again, in that list of countries or places or whatever you want to call it, list of those locations, France is yeah. never in the top 10. It's, some, it's oh. usually in the, in the sort of top 20 somewhere, um, maybe near the bottom, like 18 or something like that. So it's not actually mm. one of my top places. Um, mm. And so when I'm just walking around in my everyday life, you know, no one ever recognizes me. I never get anything. In fact, the only time I really ever get recognised is for is for stand up, if anything. Oh! So, so I was at a gig um, last year. I went to the bar. Yeah. I went to the bar afterwards, and a guy was next to me in the bar. And he's like, "Oh, I know you." And I was like, "How do you know me?" And he said, 
I know you from just from the scene. I was like, what do you mean the scene? He said the stand up scene. And he said, wow. yeah. And he said, oh, you, I think you're really funny. And I was like, oh, that's brilliant. Because I was thinking, oh, you, here's a podcast listener. But he was he knew me from okay. the stage from doing stand up comedy. Yeah. Was he French? He was French. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But then in other yeah. situations, I do get um, a real taste of fame. So, for example, in the school, um, every now mm-hmm. and then uh, people tell me that they listen to my show. Sometimes, mm-hmm. sometimes people realise in the in the class that I'm the guy <laughs> they've been listening to, which is always quite funny. That's weird. It's normally that must be weird for them. I suppose so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It is. Yeah. There's. You, what if also you're the podcast that they fall asleep to, or something like that. Or the podcast you know, like, that they listen to, but they really just don't really like it. But they kind of force themselves <laughs> to listen because they they're trying to improve their English. It's like oh, I'm oh, trying to I'm trying to learn English. English. I hate this guy, but you know I really need to learn British English. <laughs> if I ever meet him, I'm going to give him a piece of my mind. Yeah, it's like can you just stop talking about other things and just teach us vocabulary? Uh, <laughs> maybe. Um, and then other other moments. So, for example, if I organise a thing. If I, if I tell people about it on the podcast, if I organize a thing, for example, if I do um, a show or if I do one of those talks in English at the, uh, the, uh, the British Council, uh, those events okay, where I talk yeah, about yeah. something. And if I tell people on the podcast, uh, then often I will be sort of surrounded by um, adoring fans afterwards <gasps> who are all adoring. standing there trying to talk to me and they all feel kind of starstruck. I know it's weird, isn't wow. it? Wow! For only a handful of people, I did it. I went to I went back to Japan in 2016, and uh, oh yeah, so we started this conversation before recording. You were telling me that you lived in Japan, yeah, and I didn't even know that about you. You know what's funny about that what? <laughs> is that I seem to mention that like every five minutes on this podcast. There's always a. I was like, oh, oh yeah, when I lived in Japan. You know, it's it's almost become a running joke yeah. where I sort of say, "Oh, did, did I ever tell you I lived in Japan?" So, of all all my listeners, I'm, I'm really sure they me. they know so well that I used to live in Japan. Okay. And you're and but don't tell me about you're it. here going, you're, "Oh, did you live in Japan? I didn't know that." And everyone else is like, "What? How did she not know?" Um, so anyway, well, they but, were friends. So um, so we I weren't friends then. Yeah, that not then. Ago. No, that's yeah. I've had a long, very long and rich life. You know, it's long not it's life. not possible for Kate to know every detail of it. <laughs> you sort of said that like like this might be your last day alive. You were like, I've had a long, <laughs> well, had a long Who knows? It might I've be not enough. Well, Kate, they say that you should live every day as if it's your last day. You know, I think anybody who says that is <laughs> wrong. <laughs> yeah, because it's, it wouldn't be practical, would it, to live every day as That's if it was a bad you'd, idea. You'd have a lot of like um, legal issues yeah. to to work through. Yeah. A, lot of, a lot of banking admin to do. Oh, I hate banking admin, but I do it because I know it's probably not my last day on earth. Yeah, exactly. You generally just leave that. I've always been right. Yeah. Well, good. Let's let's hope that continues. So anyway, um, um, I went back to Japan a few years ago. I'll just finish this anecdote before we move on to... Sorry, so you lived in Japan? Yeah, did I never... (laughs) Um, People are going to hate this, aren't they? uh, I don't know. Went back there, right, on a holiday briefly uh, with my wife and um, decided that uh, I'd do some stand-up while I was there. No, it was before she was born, right? Before my daughter was born, not before my wife was born. Uh, that would be <laughs> that would be really weird. But um, How would you travel with her? 
metaphysically somehow i don't know just the 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 concept of of her but anyway that's a weird little little moment um so sci-fi moment science fiction sort of time travel uh, sort of love you read the time traveler's wife i have never read the time traveler's wife no or seen the film i don't know if the film's any good i haven't seen it but the book's good is it really is it about a guy who goes to Japan before his wife is born <laughs> with just the concept of, of her? Because uh, is there anything like that in the book? I don't remember, but it's a long time since I read it. So mm-hmm. maybe give it a read. Okay. I'm sure people can tell us in the comments. L- listeners, have you ever read The Time Traveller's <laughs> Wife by... <clears throat> Audrey Nifnegger. Audrey Nifnegger. Um, and yeah. if you have... Nifnegger. Sorry? With an E. Is it N-I-F-F-E-N, Niffen, Egger, E-G. Niffen, Egger. I don't know how you pronounce it. Niffen, Egger? I've no idea. Egger. Anyway. Something involving eggs. (laughs) She loves eggs. She loves... She niffs them. And eggs them. (laughs) She eggs eggs all the time. She's like, would you like to come round to my place and I'll egg you? Because that's my name. That's what I do. <laughs> Just feed people eggs. That's what that's. Um, oh yeah, I do like eggs. Uh, well then, that's good. You should try. Yeah, you should track her down and right. ask if she will egg you. <laughs> I imagine after this conversation, she will run a mile if she meets me. <laughs> yeah, this is very. Um, it's typical, I suppose, for our conversations. But anyway, let, can, I, can I try and finish this story about? Sorry, time, yeah, try and finish. The, I'm just going to adjust the light that's over here while you finish the story. I get the, impre- I get the distinct impression, listeners, that Kate is not interested in hearing this story about how I how was famous. For- oh, I thought you were going to finish your call for um, for people to talk about the time traveller's wife. Because halfway through the sentence, you finished uh, speaking. I, I Did I? Well, yeah. Anyway, yeah, there's that. The Time Traveller's Wife. So if you've read that, everyone, then let us know the basic plot synopsis, unless it's too complicated and you just can't be bothered. But otherwise, uh, do let us know what what the basic... Am I too well lit? No, you're okay. You're you're very well lit. I was wondering about my lighting as well. well If when I turn this light on, it looks like there's been a big explosion about 100 yards in front of me. Pow! Oh, yeah. (laughs) See what I mean? That's really fun. And then it calms down. Yeah. I don't know what's better, Kate, the 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 dark background or poof, lit up by a bright light. I think that my favourite bit is just the moment when you switch it on. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And then it's not interesting anymore. All right. Well, I'm going to stick with the not interesting anymore uh, lit up version. So, uh, yeah, if you've read The Time Traveller's Wife, everyone, <laughs> then let us know what happens. Anyway, once upon a time, I went back to, went Jap- to Japan in 2016. Went back to Japan did and did some stand up. I told my audience yeah. about it. I thought, I don't know if you know anyone's going to turn up. Um, and uh, there was a queue outside the building when I turned up. Yeah, they were queuing up outside. There was too many people. They couldn't oh, get into wow. the room. So a lot of people were <gasps> a lot of people were sitting on the stairs outside the room, just listening. They couldn't see. How big was the room? Uh, the room, there were maybe about 60 people or something like that. You know, just like your, oh, okay. your standard small yeah, like a little, little, little yeah. room above a bar kind, kind of thing. Uh, so I didn't know how many people I'd get, but yeah, they, they couldn't all squeeze in and there's loads of people sitting on the stairs outside just listening. Essentially, wow. listening to Luke's English podcast is kind of what they were doing. <laughs> um, so, <clears throat> How long was were you doing a show or was it like a, a variety show where you did a set? Um, so I did about an hour, um, and I, but I I got, it was mostly mostly me and I got some other, uh, comedians, uh, a friend of mine, 
plus a couple of other people he he knew to sort of do about you know do about half an hour before me and then i did mm. an about about an hour after that um and it was oh, wow. it, it, that was really uh i really felt like a famous person at that point because yeah. I, I walked into the room and and the whole room went like that <laughs> Which in England would be really worrying, but in Japan, normal is nice. Yeah, because hair okay. means uh, like wow, that's surprising, or wow, that's in, that's cool. Do you speak Japanese? Only a little bit. Chotto, chotto dekimasu. That's it. That's all I can do. I used to, I used to speak a bit, but uh, what does like, chotto dekimasu mean? Does that mean like a bit, a little bit? And yeah, dekimasu okay. is like can. So, so I just basically said mm. a bit can. Ah, a bit can. Yeah. Um, all right. Anyway, why did you... So, Kate, why... You, like, um, previously, you'd be in this... You know, normally you'd be in this room and you'd bring me cake, but no cake today. Because there okay, you are. I haven't got cake either. No? I'm sort of looking around as though it might appear. It, I haven't got any. You might just left some lying around, but no, you don't have any either. So, what? why did you move to Taiwan then, Kate? So, uh, it was a bit of a whirlwind decision. It was. It was quite fast. Um, but as you will know, because you work at the British council as well, we get these emails every so often, right. That say, oh, the British council in this country is looking for a blah, blah, blah. You know, like the British council, Spain is looking for a, an exams coordinator or something. I don't know. You know? Mm -hmm. Um, and so normally we would get those emails and I would just delete them because I love Paris and I was very happy in Paris. Um, but then I remember a few years ago, I found out that British Council Taiwan existed. I didn't even know that we had one here. And I thought at that point, oh, that's the job that I would go for if it came up. Because I studied Chinese at university and my Chinese had got quite rusty and my French was good by this point. So I'd kind of worked enough on my French that I wouldn't lose it if I moved away, mm. you know. Um and so, yeah, I wanted to, but I didn't want to live in China again. I'd lived in China twice. So I thought, well, you know, it'd be really cool to live somewhere else that's Chinese speaking, uh, but quite different in some ways. And then, yeah, last spring or summer, I think it was the end of May, this job came up. So we got an email that said British Council Taiwan is looking for an adult coordinator, um, which is kind of like assistant head of the adult department, I guess. You coordinate um, adults. I coordinate adults. I just I just put them in lines, make, make them walk around <laughs> in circles. Um, yeah, make them go up and down stairs. Yeah, you know, it's, it's a lot of logistics. Joking apart, though, co adult coordinator means that you are yeah. a coordinator of the adult program at uh, the British yeah, Council. Yeah, it means so we have the different departments, like adults, and I mean they're a bit different from one country to another, right? But essentially, the departments will be adult learning. Um, and then maybe secondary students, so secondary school, which is probably teenagers, um, and then primary school, which is pre-teen or uh, under-teen, um, and then maybe some kindergarten level as well. Anyway, so we have these sort of departments, right? Yeah. And adult coordinator means like assistant head of the adult learning department. Okay. So you're not the, you're not in charge of the adult learning department, but you are sort no. of second in command, as it were. I'm second in command. Yeah. yeah. And so I got that email and I was already secondary coordinator in Paris, but I did a lot more teaching of adults than secondary students anyway. Um, 
so I remember getting an email and being like, oh, this is basically my job. <laughs> because yeah. it's, I want to move to Taiwan. Um, I want to practice my Chinese and I already do this job, but I do it in a different department. So I know I'm qualified and I just want this opportunity. This is great. So yeah, the email arrived and I was like, oh, okay. I think that's for me. So then I applied, but it was very fast. And you probably remember that I told you, did I tell you I had the interview? I yeah. Think? Before you'd been offered the job, you told me in the summer. Yeah. yeah at the summer party, right, right. That we had. That, um, <laughs> that summer party where we, 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 it was, it was a Christmas party that was held in July. I think. Yeah. And for complex reasons that we probably shouldn't go into, but in, internal basically it couldn't be Christmas. Yeah. So, and, and we, we were asked to do stand up comedy to entertain the, the, uh, the, our, our colleagues. The masses. And, oh God, that was interesting. Uh, there was no stage. Uh, no, yeah, I loved it. You loved it. I didn't love that. <laughs> because we just got on the bar. We had to stand on the bar. And, no, you know, uh, just, sorry. I, I chose to stand on the bar. Don't say we had to. I wanted to. I had to. to because you... I think it was my idea and then I made you do you it. You made Is me do it. possibly what happened? <laughs> I mean, it was all right, but, you know, like it wasn't ideal conditions for doing stand-up comedy. Standing on a bar yeah. with not very much light and um, like people milling around in the street and coming into the bar and leaving. And anyway, it was all right. Yeah. But um, so, yeah, you told right. me in the summer that you'd, that you'd gone for the job. So, yeah, at that party, I think because you asked me something about doing stand-up in Paris the following year or something, and yeah. I was like, ah, and you were like, why are you making that face? Why are you also and making, so like, why are you making that noise as well? Ah. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, are you going to go into opera? Because yeah. I don't think you should. <laughs> it's not your skill set. Another it's new really thing not. to try. <laughs> I'm such a bad singer. You wouldn't believe. Um, yeah. So um, I, I did make that weird noise, I think. Uh, and then I ended up. <laughs> which means um, I'm, I've got something uh, to tell Luke, but I'm wondering if I'm wondering if I should tell him. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Because obviously I hadn't even done the interview. So I didn't know if I was going to get the job, if the interview was going to go well. I didn't even really know if I wanted the job because I feel like you don't know until you've maybe met some of the people you're going to be working with mm -hmm. and learn a little bit more about the job, right? Mm -hmm. <clears throat> um, but yes, so then I did the interview and uh, obviously it went well because I got the job. Yeah. But then it all happened very quickly because I got the job offer at the end of June, um, by which point the school year in Paris had finished. So... I don't teach holiday courses in Paris. So I, I had left for the summer, which meant that I then, once I accepted the job, just kind of had to send a WhatsApp to all my friends being like, Hey, hope your summer's going well. Uh, I'm moving to Taiwan. Um, anyway, see you around. <laughs> it was all a bit like, Oh, I felt a bit like it was too, um, I would have liked to tell people in person really. So it was, it, it wasn't ideal timing. Yeah. But, it was okay. But it's difficult to yeah. go around and meet every single person and tell them individually. So it's, oh, I'll just send a blanket email. That'll do the... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's difficult when you're not at work in person. You know, if I'd been at work in person, I'd have just mentioned it to people I'm good friends with at work and then it kind of filters out, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, I couldn't. I just had to send a mass 
mass WhatsApp. And then my phone, and then I started to get quite a lot of replies, obviously, because mm. people were quite surprised. Um, and then my phone panicked and just turned itself off. <laughs> Did it? It's like, can't handle this many WhatsApps. It's, it's a very old phone. Actually, I've got a new one since I moved here. But um, yeah, it, it couldn't handle it. And I was like, oh, right, okay. I suppose I won't reply to those for a day. Because <laughs> to be fair, when you do have, when you do, you know, make a change in your life or do something like that, move to another country or whatever it is, then you do end up having the same conversation over and over and over again uh, when you yeah. have to explain the reasons why. I mean, of course, you know, all your friends want to know and want to talk to you about it, but you, you do end up just sort of like saying the same thing again and again, you know, and it, it does make you want to just record a voice message into your phone. Yeah. And then every time anyone asks you, you can just say, hold on, let me just play you this message and just stand there and play them the pre-recorded um like a press exactly. you know your press release for for why you you moved there yeah. uh, okay so it's like know, a job opportunity a job opportunity and and a um a chance to like rekindle your chinese um yes and also i think it was um i kind of felt like i had this is a phrase i used to a friend who thought it was hilarious i had too many balls in the air interesting <laughs> phrase which means you know it's like the idea of juggling yeah, right yeah so if you're doing a lot of things if you're very busy then we can say that you're juggling different tasks right or you're juggling um for example parenting and working which i i wasn't i'm not a parent but you know yeah. um and so each one of those is a ball right yeah and you've got to keep it in the air or you're just a bad juggler right um so I felt like in Paris, I just kind of, I was doing too many things and I had too many kind of little unfinished things that I kind of had half-heartedly started. And I, I felt like I sort of needed a reset. Okay. You know? So rather than just like do fewer things, finish the things yeah. you haven't finished. No, just leave and move to the just other side of the Taiwan. world. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because it's quite, it, it forces you to assess what you want to keep and what you don't want to keep mm -hmm. and it also it makes you understand what you really value and what's important to you as well and so i i obviously had to clear a lot of my stuff um i rented my apartment to a friend so that's great because i could leave things like books behind because i know that she will take care of them um but obviously i had to bring clothes and pack everything away and make sure there was space for her and just doing that, physically sorting through everything, even that is kind of a reset, you know? Yeah. Because it makes you figure out what you need and what you don't need. And I wouldn't have done that if I wasn't moving to another country. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 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 Plus, uh, it's very invigorating, isn't it? Going and living, moving somewhere else, somewhere totally different. Yeah. Now, you, you had lived in China previously for a year. Yes. Right. Um, two years, but two separate years. Okay. Whereabouts? She's she's drinking tea. Sorry. I'm drinking tea. I'm drinking tea from this amazing mug. Yeah. Kate, we've already discussed. Kate showed me this mug before and we've already discussed yeah, it. it. So I'll just give you the summary of what we discussed, ladies and gents. Though audio listeners, Kate is showing me her mug, which um, is kind of round. Right. Um, it looks, and my comment was... It's almost that, spherical. It's almost spherical, but with a top 
obviously chopped off so you can actually drink the tea from it uh and it my comment was it looks like um a teapot but without the spout and without a top on it, it does. Um, and kate's comment was that the advantage of this sort of spherical tea uh mug let's call it this spherical mug the advantage of it is that it keeps the tea warmer for longer due to the laws of physics uh, we don't know which laws yeah. of physics exactly um but the fact that the 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 yeah the sides are rounded and the top i'm sure is, you have a listener who is a physicist you probably have multiple listeners who are physicists my audience are very intelligent yeah oh yeah mm-hmm. um but we're looking for a specific piece of knowledge here yeah. so uh, what i would really like you to get in your comments is somebody who is a physicist who knows a lot about physics yeah. to explain exactly which law of physics means that a spherical mug keeps the tea warmer for longer than a, a traditional shaped mug, which has a more open top. I'm going to, I'm going to have a go, you know, Kate, I'm not a physicist. You're going to do it. Yeah. I'm going to try and explain it. I think it's something to do with surface area to volume, yeah. surface area to volume ratio. Okay. Do you think volume comes into it? I do. So one of the reasons why that mug in particular, and we're off on a different tangent now. We're going to come back to the thing we were talking about before in a moment. So um, one of the reasons why that particular mug keeps your tea warmer for longer is, first of all, that it holds more tea. It's a lot. Mm -hmm. The volume is high. So obviously the more tea there is, the longer it's going to stay warm, right? Yeah. Um, And secondly, the, the surface area to volume ratio is actually so there's more volume to less surface area. I when I mean surface area, I mean the surface area which is directly exposed yeah. to the air, right? Yeah. Which is the top. Yeah. Uh, okay. Now, um, so the 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 top part is around the same size as you get on a normal mug, but then the rest yeah. of it, the shape is totally different. So there's, um, you know, the 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 surface area is quite small, whereas the volume is quite high, and for that reason. Yeah. It's it's keeping your tea uh, warmer for than than uh, than uh, a normal mug like the one I've got. It's it's really quite big. I, it's it's not quite as big as my face, but it's not that far off. Yeah, yeah. I don't. And think... I have a big face. <laughs> yeah, it's close. I do. It's, it's even it's, it's it's even got a kind of fringe across the top because the top is flat. It, I mean, if you really needed to disguise yourself, you could just hold that up in front of your face and <laughs> like maybe, a, um, I don't know what, like a, someone who wasn't really paying attention might be fooled by that and be like, oh, is that Kate, Billing- is that Kate Billington from Luke's English Podcast? Oh no, it's just a big round mug. <laughs> Just a round with mug. a fringe. It's just the mug from the podcast. Yeah. By the way, the mug. The mug could have a podcast of its own. It could have a podcast of its own, couldn't it? It almost it almost does, considering how much we're we're talking about it now, like the the number of minutes. But yeah. um, one more thing about this mug. So the design on the front, it's it's a white mug, and it does have almost like a face because there are two black dots like yeah. eyes, and then a single line between the two. So it, what is it? What's the origin of this mug? I Explain think it. so. It's not mine. It's. So I'm in a. I'm living in a sublet, as I told you before we started recording. Sublet, which well, for anyone who doesn't know means. Um, sorry, we're going to explain. Sorry, I can got explain to explain it, that. Explain. Anyway. Everyone's like, "What? I don't know what sublet means." I'll stop listening to this podcast. So you got to explain what sub, a sublet I'm, is. I'm an English teacher. I know when you have to explain things. <laughs> All right, <laughs> go on then. So, a sublet is when you rent an apartment from the people who live there 
often because uh, they've gone away um, for a short period of time. So they leave their belongings there and you can use those. But also, uh, So an Airbnb is a type of sublet. But also but the people crucially, who, crucially, the people who live there don't own it. Right. So they let it from the owner. Or we could also say they rent it from the owner. In this sentence, let and rent would be the same meaning. And um, they then decide to let it to somebody else. So we call that a sublet, sub as in under. Because um, if you think of it like a, like a chain, you've got the owner at the top and then underneath them is the letters or renters and then I'm underneath them because I'm renting from the main renters. Okay, so it's a sublet. That's a sublet. Yeah. So it's a sublet, which, which is very nice because it means um, it's all fully furnished and like everything is here that I might need, like mugs. Wait, it's awfully furnished? <laughs> that's, not, that's not very nice oh it's it's i don't know why i said all there was no need for all in that sentence i could have taken it out <clears throat> what did you it, say that's just all yeah fully furnished ah all... actually what i should have said is it's fully furnished no i understand why you no, why you added all there because you mean every single part of the apartment is fully furnished it's completely fully fur well yeah you don't need fully you yeah. don't need all yeah because fully fully it. does the job but anyway it's, it did you see what i did listeners i made a very clever very quick joke there because kate said it's all fully furnished and i said what it's awfully furnished like really was it a joke or did you just mishear me no it was it was a joke yeah see how oh, okay. see how fast i am i know it made but there's it everything i need you may have noticed, listeners may have noticed that above my head, there's a little row of action men sitting on a shelf. Video viewers. So when I say everything I... Sorry, video viewers. Yeah. What did I say? Listeners. I don't know. I don't know. But I just want, I always need to point out whenever we yeah. do something visual that you know there's a huge pie, pie chart full of people uh, who, who are just listening. Uh, so just Kate is referring to the fact that on the shelf, shelf behind her... Behind there are there's a row of action men these are sort of toys that that traditionally boys play with if we you know if we're being sort of gender specific barbies traditionally are the are the toys that the girls normally would play with and action men are sort of like the macho male equivalent they're basically soldiers aren't they just <laughs> i think so yeah, yes. I think they're, they're kind of soldiers. Yeah, I think so. I don't, I don't know very much about action men. I just know there's a little row of them on my shelf. You've got a row of them sitting on the shelf behind you, and you just wanted to point out that those those do not do not actually belong to you. That um, they belong to. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be ashamed of them if they did. Yeah. But I, if if they did belong to me, you would expect me to know a bit more about action men in general. Yeah, I know about. I, was, I don't even know soldiers. I, I know about action men. They're basically specialised soldiers who have different outfits and lots of weaponry so i had a couple of right. action men as a child one of the crucial one of the cool things about them is that the eyes would move left to right this is a huge selling that is point quite cool. there was a little yeah. little sort of toggle at the back of his head and you switch it left and right and his eyes move left and right so that he can see if anyone's trying to kill him you know but only if they are located within his peripheral vision. Yeah, if someone's behind him, then he's 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 he's, he's dead. Ruined. He's it? not only is he going to get killed, but also someone can control. They're going to wiggle his eye. They're going to control the way he's looking at things. So, yeah, action man is not going to be a good soldier because he's got several serious weak points, and yeah. he's a small. Pla um, he's made of plastic as well, which doesn't help. Have mm. you seen the Barbie movie? You know what? I haven't seen it yet, but I want to see it. Oh, it's so good. Is it? 
I love it. I was on a flight recently and I rewatched it on the flight. I'd already seen it. I saw it in the summer and I watched it again and I laughed out loud so many times, which I think is actually quite bad flight etiquette, uh-huh. but I couldn't help it. <laughs> I, I want to watch it. I want to watch it. And I'm, you know, maybe when I do watch it, I'll, I, I will make a podcast about it because it was such a, a big event. Um, this, well, yeah. last year, actually, um, such a big thing. And I'm sure there's lots of things to, to talk about. Uh, my parents watched it. it. That, actually, my parents watched it and they said to me, oh, have you seen the Barbie movie? And I was like, no. And my dad was like, it's fantastic. We thought it was brilliant. Yeah, um, yeah it is. And and they both said, you know, you should watch it. Make a podcast episode about it. Now, I'm sure people would be interested in listening to that. Um, you could watch it with your daughter. I could watch it with my daughter, She's, you think? Yeah. She's um, six, though. Yeah. Sarah. Um, Donnelly. Sarah, we've got in common. Yeah. She went with her daughter. That's right. Yeah, they dressed up in sort of uh, sort of pink yeah. clothes and went to the I cinema. Young as well. Yeah, she's Six got two. She's got two daughters. One of them is just maybe a year older than my daughter. So yeah, okay. Yeah, that's a good yeah. idea. Yeah, yeah. We watched. Yeah, she loved it. We, you know, we're we're getting her into more films now that she's mm. getting to that age. Um, but she gets scared very easily. Um, yeah. But I don't think there's anything scary in in the Barbie film, is there? Anything scary? I mean, the patriarchy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mm, scary. Terrifying. And there's also a bit, I don't I don't want to give anything away, Spoilers. but there is a bit where Barbie's feet turn flat. Right. Ah, that's and for the Barbies, terrifying. Yes. It's interesting. One thing, uh, having not seen it, I mean, I do have one comment, um, which mm-hmm. is like, what's it? I find interesting is that it's it's a sort of a feminist film, right? Isn't it? Yeah. 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 Well, it's yeah, it is feminist. Yeah. So it's against the patriarchy, which is well, yeah. causing problems for men and women. So yeah, yeah, of course. But what's interesting to me is that when did Barbie become a feminist icon? Well, so that's the that's kind of what they unpack in the film mm-hmm. is that almost the way Barbie has been marketed and sold. One of the ways that they've promoted her is that she can be anything and anyone like that you know you can get um astronaut barbie and uh scientist barbie and um nobel prize winning writer barbie and all of these kind of different barbies yeah so the way that people who have marketed barbie in the past would would promote that is you know she represents opportunity for women and the idea that girls can do anything and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Um, and then obviously the flip side of that is, uh, yes, but she can't walk unless she's wearing high heels and she has to look perfect all the time. Yeah. And, and that body type, I mean, it's not realistic. And the body type is, yeah. If a woman actually had those proportions, she would just fall flat on her face all the time. <laughs> break in half or something. Yeah, you can't, you wouldn't be able to sustain that. <laughs> um, you wouldn't be able to stand upright. Yeah. Um, not to mention the feet. Um, but that's that's what the film is about. Okay. A kind, you know, those those two images of Barbie and and how they how they conflict with each other. Mm. But it's very clever, I think. And a huge a, it, <coughs> huge marketing success for Mattel, yeah, the company that Mattel, because because they, they've yeah. they've turned the hot their brand around from yeah. from being this fairly slightly problematic toy. Mm-hmm. 
which, you know, as we've said, look, promotes certain images, body images and other yeah. things. And now it's become yeah. a full, fully legitimate feminist icon, which yeah. they all... Oh, have... Barbie has been transformed. It, yeah. That's interesting. But, yeah. And um, Greta Gerwig, the writer and director, said in just a clip of an interview I saw that she she worked with Mattel on the film. You know, they are... Yeah, you know, one of the biggest funders of for course, the film. Yeah, and of course she had to get their approval because obviously Barbie is trademarked. Um, and she said she just couldn't believe what they agreed to, that they would let her do anything with the name of Barbie and the brand. And she was saying, you know, I was expecting them to be quite protective of it and be very protective of this this ideal version of Barbie that they're selling that, oh no, Barbie is feminist. It's perfect. There's no problems. And in fact, apparently they just really gave her free reign to do whatever she wanted. Well, yeah, I suppose that's what they're, that's what they were looking for, right? As a way of kind of, dare I say it, feminist washing their, their previously problematic brand. Um, Yeah. I think that, I think people respond well to brands and people kind of owning what's bad about them, owning their mistakes so maybe Mattel had recognized they needed to acknowledge all of these problems with Barbie. Otherwise, there's no way anybody's going to buy it when they say, oh, yeah. Barbie's actually really feminist. They've probably had sort of, you know, meetings with big data analysts who said, look, yeah. looking at cor- current cultural trends and yeah. also our sales figures over the last 15 years, we can see a definite correlation between the way things are going and the way our brand is performing and mm. our strong, the, all these consultants were like, our strong advice is that you badly need to uh, rebra- rebrand. To you really need to rebrand. <laughs> Otherwise, this this uh, uh, brand will be uh, in the dust within 15 years. Yeah. So you've got to rebrand. So the message is U-turn in a completely different direction and full steam ahead in that direction. And so they're like, okay, right, what are we going to do? Movie, great. Definitely can see a lot of money in that for sure. And a huge bit of mark, a huge marketing boost with a film. Who have we got? Well, we've got Margot Robbie. Brilliant. Um, and um, uh, Ryan, what's his name? Reynolds. Um, not Ryan Reynolds. Other one. The other one, Ryan the Gosling. One. Ryan um, Gosling. Gosling, Ryan Gosling. Like, great, fine. We don't, we, we don't care. But he's brilliant too. Right. And Greta Gerwig, fantastic. Right. Just Greta, just go full Greta Gerwig in that, you know, you're going to go in that direction, right? Go in that direction yeah. really quickly. Go yeah. for it. You know, they, they knew what they were doing, so they, of course they gave. Also, a- yeah, I, I also don't think, based on the other films I've seen by Greta Gerwig, I can't imagine her agreeing to restrictions. Particularly, she's very much she. She really says what she thinks, but also I don't know if it happened the way that you said. I think what happened was because I'm pretty sure she and her husband wrote it over lockdown and then they approached Mattel oh really I think so and maybe Mattel were like I know they wrote it over lockdown but mm-hmm. I I think they wrote it and then they approached Mattel because I'm sure she said she'd wanted to do it for a long time okay but then it's possible she might have met someone from Mattel like 10 years ago and been thinking about it ever since I, I don't know who knows I mean I, I don't know either I'm speculating too uh, do, have you ever seen Toy Story 3 mm-hmm Barbie and Ken, I can't Barbie's, that Barbie's well. in that. Barbie's in that as well. I wonder if um, because that was uh, a big hit and it's brilliant. He's in. 
Isn't she in the other Toy Stories as well? No, there's another character who's a bit like Barbie. She's called Bo Peep, I think, or something like that. Oh, no, Bo Peep. I remember Bo Peep, yeah. Yeah. But there's... I remember everybody loved Toy Story 3, and I liked it, but I prefer Toy Story 2. Yeah, this and work I of genius. Barbie was in Toy Story 2. Um, but maybe I got that wrong. I, it's possible. Maybe she does turn up briefly, and they gave her then a bigger guy. role. Sorry? I think she's sort of a tour guide. She drives them around. And then there's a bit at the end where she's in her pink sports car and she's like waving goodbye and being like, bye-bye, bye-bye now. Okay, bye-bye. No, that's three. And the, is that three? I'm pretty sure that's three. Okay, okay. I um, believe you. Yeah. Uh, all right. So you moved to Taiwan then. <laughs> <laughs> just for these action men? I just moved here for these. Just for the action men on your, on your shelf yeah. there. Uh, maybe four action men on my shelf. Yeah. Right. Okay. Subletting the apartment. And so, yeah. you know, how's it going over there then? Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plushcare. Plushcare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. It's great. I love it. Um, so I hadn't... Uh, yeah, as you said, I'd lived in China twice, uh, each time for a year, once for my undergrad and once for my master's, mm -hmm. um, which means my Chinese should be much better than it actually is. Um, but it's 10 years since I finished my master's. So I've just forgotten a lot, you know, because I've not really used Chinese very much. I think in the last episode, we talked about how I'd started taking Chinese classes in Paris and they weren't very good. I remember, yeah. I really hope this teacher, that teacher never listens to this, but she's not a very good language teacher. I'm sorry. She's just not a very nice person. Yes. And not that, a great teacher. Yeah. Well, yeah. And, and you know, you're, you're an adult coordinator, so, you know, obviously you're going to be a bit more critical than the average student. Um, uh, okay. But so, um, have you had any particular experiences over there which have tested your, your Chinese? Has it been challenged? It's been, yes. So I, so I showed you the video of my stand up in Chinese, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. So, yeah. So I started doing stand up here again and, um, they run this brilliant bilingual night, uh, once a week, no, sorry, once a month. Um, and the, the format is that they have six comedians three of them are English speaking and three of them are Chinese speaking. So normally Taiwanese. Um, although there are some comics from China as well. Um, and in the first half of the show, everybody performs like three or four minutes in their native language. Um, or yeah, 
I mean, it's probably their native language. Of course, you could do it if you had a different native language as well. But anyway, yeah. so you could be French, for example, and speak very good English and very good Chinese and go and perform here. That would be fine, yeah. of course. Um, but so the first time you get up on stage is to do the language that you're most confident in and you do a short set in that language. And then everyone comes uh, at the end of that section. Everyone then comes back on stage one by one to do a set in the other language. So the Taiwanese comics at that point are performing in English and the English speaking comic comics are performing in Chinese. Ooh. So I did that. Um, and it was, it was great. It was so much fun. Um, yeah, I think I'm, it's on YouTube, but it's not like a public video. It's just <laughs> some of those unlisted videos. Um, but it, it was really, really fun. And it went quite well because then the people who run that show invited me to come back and perform at an all Chinese night. Um, so I did that as the kind of only non Chinese speaking comic or non native speaking comic. Um, and yeah, that was great. So how about comic timing in, in yeah. the two languages? Cause obviously timing is such an important aspect of comedy, meaning that you mm. kind of, you know, just the way you set up a joke or set up a comment or story, the way that you, get laughs by hitting a certain sort of rhythm, you know, or mm. the way you place a word, a certain word, or put a certain thing um, can structurally create laughter, you know. Um, yeah. wh wh how about in Mandarin Chinese then? So I think you might be overestimating the <laughs> level of complexity of my Chinese okay. comedy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's, it was good and people laughed, but I wouldn't say, I think about all that stuff when I'm writing comedy in English, mm -hmm. definitely. And I think about things like, um, sometimes a certain word order works much better than another word order. Right. Um, so that you hit the joke, hit the punchline at the end of the sentence. Yes. Um, or sometimes even things like a one syllable word is going to work, but a two syllable word wouldn't. Yes because of the rhythm of the sentence, things like that. Um, in Chinese, my main aim was just to be intelligible and make sure the audience could follow what I was saying. Um, and the kind of set that I did as well was telling an anecdote. Yes. So telling a story about something that happened to me in Taiwan, um, which means there, aren't, there weren't any kind of puns or anything like that that kind of require complex wordplay it was more it was just me describing a situation yeah, really yeah because that happened to me when, it, when you're doing that sort of comedy where you're sort of storytelling often it's yeah. really just the events of the story that that become funny i mean you know you can yeah. take it to another level where where not only are you talking about funny events but also you're structuring your story and sort of hitting certain beats and you know all those comic methods and techniques and things okay but yeah, yeah. all right all right cool but mine wasn't that complex no, mine okay. was just yeah just get the events just, across just get the story and make sure people understand it okay was, the, was my objective so do you feel like you um, you feel like your chinese has improved then in the last how how many months now is it like uh four or five months it has been 140 days Ooh, 140 days yeah. okay so that's uh What's that? It, it, it's three and, three a, and a bit month. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, I know it's been 140 days because I have an app that I use to practice writing Chinese um, and also to improve my vocabulary. Um, and 
you can, you know, when you can build up a streak on apps like that. Yes. And so I had a streak because I was practicing before I moved here. And then um, on the day I moved here, I, I missed a day of practice because I was busy getting a flight. Um, and so then when I arrived here, I started again at zero. Oh, no. Um, which is quite, it's quite nice because it means that the app counts the number of days I've lived here. Okay, right, I see. I thought before cool. when you said you had, I said, how do you know, when you told me that you knew it had been 140 days and you said you had an app, yeah. I thought you meant you had an app that helped you count number of days. <laughs> you know, it's like you can't, like really, the apps that will just yeah. count for you. Really? Yeah, I've met a few people here who have them. So like people have, one couple who I met, um, they had an app that showed how many days they'd been together. Oh, all right then. And I was like, oh, okay. And then, and and then I mentioned that to a colleague, and he was like, oh yeah, I've got it. And it's he's got it from like his first date with his wife, and then also like their wedding day, and also things like when each of their children were born. And he was like, it's quite cool because I sometimes I see things like I'll be like, oh, my daughter is two thousand days old today. That's quite cool. <laughs> yeah, and then, okay. then they'll do something, you know. And I was like, oh, okay, yeah, I like that. Oh, so that is a thing then. All right, but, but anyway, you know you've been there for 140 days because you're you're on a 140 day streak since your flight. I am. Um, yeah. Okay. So yeah, it's improved then. It's it's yeah is it? yeah. Well, my Chinese, yeah, it has improved. So um, when I first got here, it felt very rusty, and I had to really think hard for, especially sort of little interactions and a lot of day-to-day -day vocabulary is different in Taiwan and China. So um, even words like eat in and take away, um, those words are different. And um, words for like receipt and um, they always ask you here if you've got like a loyalty card when you go into like a, a loyalty account or whatever. Yeah. That vocabulary, I just didn't know that vocabulary. Um, but I had randomly remembered words for things like philosophy and, like, you know, so I'm not going to, I'm not going to use that, but it's just vocabulary that was sort of coming back to me gradually. Yeah. And yeah, it, it, it meant that I didn't actually have a lot of the stuff that a beginner learner would probably have because a beginner learner would have learned the kind of essential stuff, right. For yeah. ordering things in restaurants and interactions and things like that and that was i was really rusty on that i'm still really rusty on a lot of food terms so i'm still doing quite a lot of pointing and <laughs> you know having to frantically look up characters yes um, of course yeah because you've got yeah. to deal oh, with also so mm -hmm. the app that i use you asked if i want to plug in a thing i want to plug the app it's called scritter and it's really really good how do you, and how the do you spell who make that? it a very nice how do you spell it s k R-I-T-T-E-R. Scritter. Scritter. So and they're not, so good. It's not Duolingo. It's Scritter. It's not, but I also do use Duolingo. Yes. But Duolingo is a bit um, repetitive at higher levels. So I kind of, sometimes I switch languages and do something different. So I'm not doing Chinese because I'm now at quite a high level on Chinese Duolingo. So it's just very repetitive. Yeah. Okay. But Scritter, yeah. on the other hand. Scritter, so good. <clears throat> you know yeah. the people who, who make it? No, no, I don't know them personally. Um, just whenever I've had a problem with the app and I email them, they're very helpful. For example, okay, so I, I have to make a confession. I said I had a 140-day streak, but the other day I 
lost it because wait you, why, you because lost it you mean, mean you lost, lost the streak or you didn't lose your mind <laughs> or just like got really angry because <laughs> that's what to lose listeners to lose yeah. it if you say oh, i lost it she lost it that can mean that she lost she got really angry she lost her temper like oh the yeah 139 day streak um yeah but no, you didn't lose your mind. You you lost didn't lose your, my mind or my temper. You didn't lose your temper. Yeah, you just lost the streak. Okay. I lost the streak because normally I would use the app when I'm on public transport on the bus or the metro. And it was a really beautiful day. So I decided to cycle to and from work. And then I got home and I had to call a friend because um, of the time difference means I often make calls in the evening. Um, and it just got to the end of the day and I hadn't done it. And I was like, oh, that's a real shame, but never mind. But one thing that's good about Duolingo is that you can freeze your streak. That's Duolingo. Yeah, Duolingo. Yeah, yeah you can freeze On it. A, yeah, if you've built up a few days, you know, they kind of reward you with a streak freeze. Okay. Um, and I was like, oh, you can't do that on Squitter. That's annoying. And then a few days later, I got an email from them about some updates for the new year. And it said in the email, if you have any feedback, let us know. And I was like, oh, I'll just suggest that they add streak freezes because it would be nice. So I did that and they replied and they said, oh, you know, thanks for the suggestion. We are thinking of doing this. Um, and by the way, we've restored your streak for you. Yes. <laughs> I was like, oh, wow. <laughs> Because I did not expect that. You know, I, I was just, I didn't know that they could do that. I was just saying to them, oh, in future, it would be really nice, actually, um, to be able to do this. And yeah, they they replied by restoring my streak. So this is one of the reasons I know that they're really nice. So they, there we go. This is the, this is my way to pay them back. Yeah, good. I'm okay, publicity. folks, try it out. Scritter. Uh, I'm yeah. not, there's no money being changed hands here in terms of... Uh, promotional uh, opportunities for Scritter, but there's a, there's a huge plug for them. Uh, Kate, They're really good. Yeah. Can you learn English on it? Do you know? No, they do. It, it's really about learning to write characters. Like, like Chinese um, characters. Yeah. Oh, so it's so for learning, Chi it's for learning Chinese. Chinese. It's for learning Chinese. Chinese and Japanese. Chinese and Japanese. Okay. Yeah, so uh, for all my learners of English out there, if you're, if you'd like to learn Chinese and all my Chinese and Japanese, uh, uh, listeners who are learning English, there you go. If you want to learn Chinese or Japanese, then you can download Scritter. No, there'll be some. There'll be some people who. who there'll be some. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Because it's quite popular for people who speak Japanese or um, Chinese, or actually also Korean, to learn the other languages within those three. Yeah. So you might have some speakers of those languages who are learning. Oh, yeah. One of the other ones. I'm sure there must be loads of people learning Chinese, for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. okay. All right. Another question for you. Um, Go I've got a stupid question for you. Uh, do, do the people of Taiwan like cake? Yes, they do. Good. But the cake here is, is quite different from cake in England, I mm -hmm. would say. Yeah. You don't really get, like in England, you know, we have kind of shaped cakes that are quite fashionable. Shaped, so you can, shaped cakes? Yeah. Like if, if you were buying a birthday cake for somebody who loves football you might get a cake that's kind of shaped like a football or half a football yeah you know? okay and um, things like that or sh cakes that look like designer handbags or things like that right um i haven't seen much of that here 
Um, but in the UK, that's quite popular to order that for someone's birthday or something would mm-hmm. be quite popular. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, but they, yeah, they definitely do like cake and there are loads of cafes and coffee shops. But I had this conversation with a friend recently, weirdly, a lot of them don't open until like midday or two o'clock. Mm. And I'm like, but you sell coffee. Yeah. Why aren't you open in the morning? <laughs> you want to have coffee in the morning. Yeah. This is what I want my coffee. I, I'm really confused by it. I don't understand. So many of them don't open until later in the day. So what What? A, what hot drink are Taiwanese people drinking in the morning and where are they purchasing you, it? You can, you can get coffee. You can get it from like the, the convenience store, for example, or obviously you can make your own coffee at home. But I just find it very surprising that so many cafes, like the big ones, like Starbucks and there's one called Louisa Coffee, which is... Taiwanese, but it's everywhere here. Yeah, um, they open early, but the kind of nice independent coffee shops—they all open in the afternoon. Hmm, that's interesting. Really weird. Ta- yeah. Taiwanese independent coffee shop owners, uh, yeah, leave well, your comments right. in the comments section. Why? Why is and it? Yeah. If your comment says, "I have a lovely independent coffee shop in Taiwan, and I open early in the morning," and I mean, when I say early, I mean the earlier the better. Um then I would like to hear from you, please. Tell me where it is. You've got one customer already in the bag. <laughs> I will be there. I will, bring, I will bring friends. That's okay. You heard it here first, coffee shop owner <laughs> in Taiwan. Um, <laughs> get, than, be ahead of the game. Customer. Be ahead of the game and open your coffee shop at 7 a.m. Yeah. <laughs> oh, dear. That's, that's, a, that's a long day, though, isn't it, for a coffee shop owner? 7 a.m. start? Oh. Well, I don't know. I think a lot of, okay, a lot of cafes in Europe, I think, would open quite early and then also close early. Or then some of them become restaurants, don't they? But they'll obviously have different members of staff who arrive for the lunch shift and the afternoon shift. Indeed. Indeed. Okay. Um, Fine. Right. So, uh, well, great. Good. Uh, And so what about, I mean... uh, coming from france i mean i feel like mm. is taiwan like very different i mean what's your experience of just sort of like the cultural stuff and people's behavior and traveling on public transport and just life in the city is it is it like a totally different experience to uh, living in in paris then or what yes 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 um the public transport here is amazing it's so good like everything always runs on time. Yeah. Um, it's all super clean. The metro stations are, are huge and it's so spacious. And um, they two things like the other day I was leaving a station and there was a sign up that said um, the escalator at exit three is going to be closed for a day for maintenance. So please use one of the other exits if you need an escalator or you can use the lift um, or you could use the stairs, but from exit three, but there won't be an escalator on this day. And I was like, in Paris, sometimes you go to the metro and find out it's closed. The whole metro is closed. Yeah. And you're like, oh, right, well, it's, how yeah. do I get to work? Whereas <laughs> in Taiwan, they've put this notice up in advance for one exit, having one escalator <laughs> that's not going to be usable right. for a day. And yeah. even on the on the sign, they had there was a little speaker attached to the sign 
that was broadcasting the message for anybody who can't read or is blind, I guess. Yes. Just amazing. Wow. It was so crazy. helpful and so convenient. And I was like, wow, so helpful. So helpful. So convenient. The signposting is amazing. And again, I love France, but French signage is often very confusing and S- signage. Not which, we're talking about signage. things that you'd see in the street or in this case in public yeah. transport signs which tell you information. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, like which exit to take and in a in a lot of countries I think this is not good enough. Uh, like often you'll get off at, if you're a tourist in a country, right? Often you'll get off the train at any given subway station or metro station. And then you see there are four exits and you look around thinking, well, which exit do I want? And often the signage is not clear enough. You don't know. Yes. And if you get the wrong one, you might actually be quite a long way from your destination. Mm-hmm. And, and, and and also what, what, what can happen is that people get off the train, if it's very busy, they get onto the platform yeah. and no one knows where they're going. And as a result, yeah. you get all this traffic build up and then there's a big crowd and the, f- the people flow, uh, the flow of human traffic is very poor. Like uh, I do yeah. notice that quite a lot in the French metro, uh, which has yeah. its, its it has the you know the Paris metro. I mean, it has its advantages and its disadvantages. But one of the things is that the people flow, the flow of human traffic is could be improved. I think I talked mm. about Ch- Châtelet station on this podcast last year. I kind of wrote a kind of poem about Châtelet, and uh, it's uh, you know that's a perfect example of. I mean, it's a nightmare, isn't it? Châtelet is yeah. just a complete nightmare. Where and Châtelet has been completely renovated quite recently. Yes. It was redone, what, like five years ago? But if you're trying to find your way to Line 7 on yeah. Châtelet, and it's just like a, this sort of tortuous adventure that you have to go on where, uh, it, you know, they could, Arthur Conan Doyle could have written a short story about it, you know, about the adventure of the mystery of Châtelet Station, where you try to find, yeah. there's, a, there's, a, there's a number seven off in the distance and you go and find it and it points you in another way. And you, you go yeah. in that direction and then you realise that you've been sent down a, you know, blind alley, and the, you, you, you're just going to get lost in this extraordinarily complex citadel of chaos. Um, yeah, uh, citadel know. of chaos. That's what they should rename it. It's no longer Chatelet. It's just the citadel of chaos. <laughs> <laughs> and the, most of that is down to bad signposting. It is, yeah. So, what what is the thing about Chatelet Station where there's a there's a sign with an arrow? Right, that's it. There's a mm-hmm. sign f- with something like Line Seven and an arrow. It appears to point to towards a, a, a corridor mm. so you go all the way down that corridor you end up on a platform and it's not until maybe yeah. the train arrives and you get on it that you realize this is line like this is not line this seven. is, this is yeah. not line seven this is line whatever it is line 13 yeah. or something um and you know you uh, i've done that and then retraced my steps and looked at the sign and realized no this sign means keep going up this main corridor but the sign yeah. has been put on the left side of a of the entrance to another corridor, so it definitely looks like you, it's pointing you down this extra yeah. place. When actually, it just means walk past the entrance to the corridor, not go into it. So all sorts of things like that. But Taiwan. That's, once I missed a train from Paris to Milan, oh god, because of bad signposting. Well, there you it, go. It, it was. 100% because of bad signposting. I was at that station 20 minutes before the train left. Right. I was standing in front of the train 20 minutes before it left and I missed the train because of bad signposting. 
I was so angry. What? So what was it was written Milan on the train and you got on so, and then the conductor right. came and said, tickets, please. And you said, uh, sure. And then the conductor said, you know, this train's going to, uh, you know, it's going to Barcelona, no, I, I don't you? I didn't actually get on the train. So I got, I got to the station. Sorry, I just hit the microphone. It's all right. Okay. We'll survive. Um, I hope so. I was about to say something incredibly stupid then. I really? nearly said, I nearly said, that's okay. We'll, we'll have it on your microphone. Huh? <laughs> You're in Paris and I'm in Taiwan. <laughs> your microphone, I have a loud voice, but your microphone is not going to pick up. Oh, I see that, that because you bumped your microphone, that that would have obscured yeah. what you said. But don't worry, you were thinking it'll be picked up by Luke's it'll microphone. Up Luke's but no, microphone. yeah, these microphones are really far away from each other, Kate. Yeah, Half in total. Yeah, apart. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, um, yeah, so the, getting the wrong train. I it, got to, it was Gare de Lyon. I didn't get the wrong train. I just missed my train. Oh. I got to Gare de Lyon and it said that my train was going from platform A. So I saw the train and I was looking at the front of the train and on the left of the train, as you look at it, was a huge, huge sign up high that said A. And I, and I was leaving from platform A. Okay. So I was like, okay, great. There's my train. So I had 20 minutes, right? So I was like, oh, I'll go and get a coffee um, to have on the train. Because obviously it's a long train journey. It's like seven hours or something. Mm -hmm. So I went and bought a coffee and a croissant and then went back to the big A and I walked under where it said A and I walked all the way along the train and the train was next to me. So the train's on my right. Okay. There's a big A up in the up in the seat above you, and underneath yeah. that A, there was a train. Yeah. Right? So, uh, so there's a train that's on the track, obviously. <laughs> obviously. Yeah. Thank goodness. Yeah. And then the <laughs> to the left of the train is the platform, and above the platform it says A. Okay. And I know my train is leaving from platform A because that's what it says. Yeah. On the sign. So I'm walking along the train, along platform A, and I, I go a really long way because I was in the first carriage of the train and it's really, really far. It's like 20 carriages. You're halfway to Milan, basically. I basically, I walked to Milan. That's the end of the story. Right, the train <laughs> is that long that you halfway to Milan, you got on the train and then it took you the rest of the way. Yeah. <laughs> so I walked all the way along. The train's right next to me. And I by this point was like, wow, it's lucky I arrived early because this is such a long walk. I'm almost going to run out of time to get on the train. But at that point, if I thought to myself, oh, I'll just get on here and walk the rest of the way on the train, this wouldn't have happened. But I didn't do that because it's a pain to walk a lot all the way along inside a train, right? Yeah. So I walked all the way to my carriage, which was the first carriage. And then I pressed the door to open it and nothing happened. Well, you're not meant to press the door. You press the button to... All right. I pressed the button on the door. <laughs> yeah, go on. open it and nothing happened. And, and by this point, it's, it's probably four minutes before the train's due to leave. So I'm starting to panic. And I was like, okay, this is worrying. So I went to the window and I knocked on the window and I said to the woman, I can't... A woman looked out at me and I said, I can't... I like mimed to her through the window, you know, I can't open the door. Yeah. And she went... No, it's the other side. Oh, God. So I had walked all the way along this train 
yeah. under the sign that said A. Yeah. And it turned out, actually, platform A was the other side of the train. Oh, God. And they couldn't open and the doors on that side? No, can't open them. Because this is France. Mais non, c'est pas possible. Mais non, mais non. Like but there were no people either. I mean, I should have realised there were no people. Like, But there were a few, actually, there were a few people, but there were no like train guards or anybody. Yes. So I panicked, ran with my like pull along suitcase and a coffee in one hand, oh, which God. I should have just dropped. Um, ran along the train. I ran past two other people doing the same thing as me. Okay. And I shouted to them, it's the other side. I mean, in French, I was like, <laughs> and we all, we we're all running and running and running and running and running. Get to the front of the train, like back into the, back in the station, turn around the train and go to the other side where there are ticket barriers, but I just hadn't noticed them before. Yes. And try to scan tickets and it's too late. What, you couldn't get in because the, it was, you'd gone past the... Because in France, they close the barriers two minutes before the train leaves the station. Why? Which meant we had to spend two minutes standing there watching our train not to leave. And you weren't tempted to just vault the, the, the gate, just jump over. You can't. And there were so many guards and I had to pull a long suitcase. Right, of course. And they wouldn't have let me on. They, they shut the gate, they shut the doors of the train. You can't get on the train. Okay. It's not just the ticket barriers. Oh my goodness. And then I had an actual tantrum you had, on you, the platform. Did you uh, lose it? I lost it. I, I lost it so much. And oh, the thing that really annoyed me as well, there were many things that annoyed me, but one thing was after the two minutes were up, we'd spent these two minutes watching our train not leave. After these two minutes were up, then the train guard, who was obviously on some kind of horrible power trip, was like, oh, now I can let you onto the platform. And oh. he opened the gates so we could walk onto the platform and watch our train leave. Yeah, as and if, I was like, you know, I didn't pay my money just to be able to walk on this platform. <laughs> yeah. That's this isn't where I'm having my holiday. On this platform, so bad. It was so bad. Oh, that's infuriating. That's very and it kind was hundred percent because yeah. of that sign. Yeah, that's very typical I of, just of the sign. how things can be difficult. And I don't mean to just like always. Yeah bang on about uh, Paris and sort of like complain about things because obviously it's wonderful. No, uh, it's but, wonderful. But, but, you know, everyone knows, including all the Parisians, you yeah. know, everyone knows that there are certain things that just, for some reason is, you just have like these really difficult, annoying experiences and there doesn't seem... It's like not entirely sure just, why. Yeah, who was responsible for the signage? Because it wasn't just so you. There were, there were several other people no. who, who'd, who'd been led down, in, led uh, in yeah. the wrong direction as well. And I noticed the next time I went to that station... And now every time I get to that station, I get there like two hours early because I'm so paranoid about it. And the next time I got to that station, I noticed they'd put up a gate so you couldn't walk all the way along platform A, the one that's labelled A. You couldn't walk all the way along it. So they put up a, a barrier. Instead of just changing the sign, they just actually yeah, put up a least, barrier. You know, at least no people won't make that mistake, right? Because they'll get to the barrier and then they'll be like, well, why can't I walk along this train? And then we'll probably come back and find a guard and say, I'm looking for platform A. That's, and the guard will say, oh, it's not the one that's labelled A. Yeah, that's why I said that like uh, Arthur Conan Doyle could write a Sherlock Holmes story about this because you kind of do have to be Sherlock Holmes to use the deductive method to work out 
which platform you're supposed to be on because you get well Watson clearly the uh, platform is A and this is the right platform but 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 Holmes there's a barrier here mm. another A <laughs> okay it's like okay uh, Watson you just hang around here for a while I'll go and investigate and then you yeah. know he comes back and he's like well I've spoken to uh, the local um, street cleaner who knows the uh, the station like the back of his hand and he assures me you know it's like that's how you have to actually yeah. find the right platform it's that level of of mystery yeah. yeah, and and deductive reasoning and investigation that's involved. Yeah, yeah. There's always some complicated thing. But Taipei, though, on the other hand, is a different Taipei story is entirely. So Such the signposting is incredible. Okay, that's good. Different it. signposting. All right. But other than that, then, is it just the same? Is it just like another... Everything else is the same. Is... Everything else is 100% the same. <laughs> different sh- the cakes are a different shape, and the signposting is... They've got is... an Eiffel Tower. They've got everything. The sign... <laughs> they have an Okay. Um, what else is different? It is, I really think one of the standout things is the level of organization and the cleanliness of it. And I haven't traveled elsewhere in Taiwan yet. I've only been in Taipei, um, partly because I sprained my ankle quite badly ages ago and it's not healing. So I can't, well, it's healing slowly. Um, but it means I can't sort of go hiking or anything like that. So I've not really been anywhere. Um, but that's changing thank goodness my ankle is getting better. So I'm yeah. going to start exploring Taiwan more. But anyway, okay. from what I've seen in Taipei, yeah, it's just extremely well organized. People are very nice, very polite, and um, very law abiding. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's great. Okay, yeah. fantastic. Well, really good. So are you going to stay out there for, for a while or what? what? Do you have a, a plan? Are you able to yeah. tell us? I don't have a fixed plan. Um, when I applied for the job in my head, I was going to do it for a year. Um, and then I got the job and I was like, "Mm, a year is actually not long enough, is it? And also it feels a bit, not quite dishonest, but a little bit, a bit cheeky to take a job and have them, you know, fly me out here and kind of train me up to use their systems and everything all while I'm intending to leave within a year. That's not really fair, I think. Mm -hmm. So once I got the job, I was like, "Mm, a year seems like I'm kind of taking advantage actually. And it's not really cool. Um, Obviously if something happens and I need to move back for whatever reason, that's different. But to plan to move back after a year, I think is not particularly honest. Yes. Yes. Um, So I realized quite soon after getting the job that I I wasn't going to leave after a year. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think now in my head, it's two or three years. Okay. And I don't know which, I don't think it'll be more because I don't think I can live this far from my family for much longer than that. Yeah. Because my family's based in the UK, my parents and my sister and her kids, and it's just too far. Plus, you can't get an artisanal coffee in the morning. So, no, you can't. <laughs> How long? To be fair, you can get a perfectly good coffee in the morning. It's just not from one of the nice little coffee I shops. I know. Yes, I know. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, hey, brilliant. Um, and if you yeah. if you bump into any more of my listeners out there, then you know, say hello. Say hello. Yeah. I will. And all the best. And um, thanks. Come back on the podcast to give us an update. I will. Well, now I've got this fancy microphone that you so kindly sent me, so I'll have to. Yes, no in, choice. Indeed, indeed. Well, great. You know, you know. Welcome back. You're welcome back anytime. 
And thanks. And I'll, I'll be and I will be back in Paris at some point. So yes. you know, yeah, as I said, I'll bring the microphone back to you. Okay. Well, yeah, fine. Fine, fine, fine. Thanks for for giving us an update. It's been Thank you really for cool. asking me for the update. It's so lovely to talk to you again. It's yeah. so funny to talk to you all the way over in Paris. I know. How random. Uh, you know, people yeah. might be sort of s- still surprised by that. That's like, wait a minute, he was in she, they were talking in the same room before and now just like she's off on the other side of the world but you know yeah that's that's it cool that's quite brilliant all right best yeah well yeah the plane does fly very fast doesn't it yeah okay well uh cool thank you have a lovely evening now uh, the the risk thank the you i will have a lovely weird. afternoon yes uh yeah, it's still has, it's it? still yeah the connection's gone a bit weird but it's all right uh it's still the morning for me um and i'm going to um sort of do a bit of work and then eat a lovely delicious french lunch of some kind um all right yeah that's the plan all right lovely have a nice have have a nice not a nice have a nice evening (laughs) abiento bye kate thank you bye bye so that was my conversation with Kate recorded just a couple of weeks ago and uh, the connection there on the call went a bit strange at the end did you notice um, it just kind of like we, we had that thing when you're in a video call and there's a suddenly there's a delay and you say something and then there's a long pause and then you say something else and then they reply to the thing you said first but by the time they've replied to you you're already saying another new thing and then you wait go oh they think there's a delay and then you wait a bit and you say something else and then they say yeah there is a delay isn't there and then it's a total disaster so that happened just at the end a little bit but thankfully that's the only time it happened in this conversation and the rest of it was was fine uh and yes lovely to have kate back on the podcast and lovely to catch up with her and find out what's been going on with her if you are a listener in taiwan hello to you shout out to my listeners in taiwan and um who knows maybe you will um kind of bump into kate at some point maybe if you end up taking english lessons at the british council in taipei or you end up going to a comedy show in english over there and who knows maybe you'll actually see kate and if you do that you'll be able to say hello kate i'm a fan of yours from luke's english podcast um and um I don't know what you could say. You could offer her some cake or something like that. You could say, oh, here is a Taiwanese cake recipe that you might want to to try and make. And then you can put it in a plastic box and send it to Luke. I don't know. Uh, but anyway, if you see Kate, say hi. Um, that would be nice. Um, what else do I want to say at the end here? Not that much, really. I mean, you know, not much. What else is there to say? One thing, actually, I, I did want to do is look at a few listener comments from recent episodes. So let's do a little kind of listener comment section here at the end of this episode. All right. Because I like to, um, I mean, I get lots of comments, you know, cause I'm, you know, kind of a big deal these days, you know, <coughs> uh, I get a lot of comments on YouTube and stuff and I can't reply to them all, but it's nice to be able to share some comments sometimes. So what I'm going to do is Let's see. First of all, maybe I could just go through uh, the episode archive and look at episodes, basically episodes I've done this year. So the first episode of the year was episode 863. Let's see if there are any website comments. Most of the time, um, most of the comments arrive um, on YouTube. and um, But I do get, you know, 
quite a lot of website comments as well. Um, so here's just a random, I mean, you know, I should just pick something out randomly. Angui, 17 days ago. I'm not a skeleton with headphones. That's good to know. Um, and if you don't know what that refers to, listeners, then it probably means you haven't listened to many of my episodes, or maybe you haven't listened until the end. Because often I say, hopefully everyone out there, hopefully you're still conscious listening to this and you're not just a skeleton with headphones on, right? So I do ask my listeners, you, to comment, if you got to the end of the episode, to comment to say that you're not a skeleton. That's what that means. Uh, I'm not a skeleton with headphones, said Angui. I finished listening to the podcast. It was lovely and funny as always. By the way, this is the episode called Welcome Back uh, Your English in 2024 with Luke's English Podcast. That was that quite long episode where I talked about, um, you know, thinking about your English, uh, reflecting on your English progress and uh, trying to get into the right frame of mind um, and to be mindful about your English and also to think about various other things you could be doing to work on your English this year. So uh, I finished the podcast. It was lovely and funny as always. By the way, this is the one where uh, halfway through the episode, I had to pick up my son and I continued podcasting with him kind of in the baby carrier. And he was a very good boy. He slept for most of the most of the episode. Um, I mean, you know, he's probably not the only one. But anyway, in, in this particular case, he slept through most of it, which was very good of him. Uh, so Angui said, happy to say that I'm an LEP subscriber. Thanks for the good work, Luke. My regards from Peru. I love listening to this podcast and I'm used to this kind of long episodes since last year. So Angui, I don't know if I'm pronouncing your name correctly as ever. Whenever I read out uh, listener comments. I never pronounce people's names properly. But anyway, sh she says that she's used to these kinds of long episodes, which is good. That's good. That's the idea. I want you to get used to listening to English for a slightly longer period of time. What's more, I enjoyed hearing your little boy almost crying. It was cute to hear his voice. Thankfully, he didn't cry. In my case, in order to improve my English skills, I listen to music, write my thoughts in English, listen to podcasts, read classic novels, and I also pray in English out loud every day. Okay, what else have we got? Um, episode, let's let's have a look at the, I tell you what, let's also have a look at YouTube and we'll look at the top comment because you know on YouTube um, you often get like the, the most upvoted comment that you see that at the top of the list. So let's have a look at the most upvoted comment for episode uh, 863. This one's from Natalie and it's um, it received 187 upvotes and it goes like this. I work at Sainsbury's. So Sainsbury's is a supermarket in the UK. I work at Sainsbury's and have four night shifts a week. A night shift, that's when basically you have to work at night. Um, I wonder what Natalie does at uh, Sainsbury's at night. Maybe, maybe something to do with packing up stock, uh, putting stock on the shelves. Um, I'm not sure. Anyway, I work at Sainsbury's and have four night shifts a week. That's pretty hard work because that means that you're basically working at night. And I realised today that I listened to Luke's podcasts for 30 hours last week during my boring work. Each time I understand more and more. It's an amazing discovery for me. I'm proud of myself and thank you so much for your work. You're welcome. I've been learning English for a year and sometimes I lose motivation. But every time you inspire me. 
I'm from Ukraine and we're having a very difficult time now. But you make me smile and always remind me to keep going. My big dream is to get a degree in the UK. And when I graduate, I will definitely mention your name. Wow, that's nice. (laughs) Really, you're going to mention my name when you graduate. Uh, That is very nice. And best of luck at work on those night shifts. And also best of luck with the situation in your country as well. Um, My thoughts go out to you, Natalie. And thank you for your comment. Let's see. Let's move on to the next episode, which was episode 864 called A Winter Ramble. Um, That's where I talked about uh, lovely cold weather, being too lazy to wash the cups in in my room, feeling exhausted because my son won't sleep, having to bounce him up and down on a yoga ball. New Year's Eve celebrations, which basically meant staying in bed and getting cosy in in bed, which is the best way to spend New Year's Eve, as far as I'm concerned. Performing stand-up comedy to 4,200 people. A recommended YouTube channel, that's where I talked about GeoWizard and his straight-line missions. By the way, have any of you actually checked out the GeoWizard YouTube channel since I mentioned it? I wonder how many people actually have started watching his videos. Let me know if you, if, if you have been watching GeoWizard's channel. I'd like to know what you think. Um, and I also talked about recent horror films that I've seen. To be honest, I just wanted to talk about films that I'd watched, but it turned out that I'd only watched horror films. So obviously I'm a, I'm a very disturbed individual who only likes to watch uh, creepy horror films. But anyway, that was episode 864, a rambling episode. Oh, there's only one comment on the website. And of course, it's from Molly Ty. Hello, Molly, if you're listening. Molly, you're a bit of a mystery. I've, I've mentioned you before. Sort of a mystery is, is Molly Ty, because I don't know if you've noticed, if you've ever been onto other channels as well, other Learning English channels, you always get comments from Molly on those as well. So, Molly, I'd love to know more about you. We want to know who you are, because, uh, Molly, you, you leave these sort of poetic, slightly cryptic um, comments on all these... Uh, episodes. So this is Molly's comment from from a month ago on my rambling episode. Luke speaks to us off the cuff, meaning spontaneously, vehemently this time, vehemently, sort of forcefully, passionately, intensely. We take stock of our winter supply. Certainly Natalie does in Sainsbury's. Anyway, we take stock of our winter supply. The more the better. It's part of an English balanced diet. Reflect on the past and expand on the future. Never cut off from the outside world. We push through time and space with adventurous missions. They're few and far between. The drive is upward trajectory. Don't get swept up in a dilemma. What goes around comes around. Thanks, Molly. Although, actually, I feel like that comment... Did you mean to leave that comment on the previous episode? Because I used all of those expressions in that episode... Uh, but anyway, it's always sort of interesting to get a comment from Molly like that. Thank you, Molly, for your, you know, thank you for your comments and stuff. It's always interesting to get your comments. Um, let's have a look. Let's have a look at the video version on YouTube and see what the top comment is. Okay. So top comment is simply this from Adele. Uh, Listening to Luke is more enjoyable than watching Netflix. Wow, that's great. Thank you so much for that comment. 74 up votes for that one. Brilliant. Very happy with that. Um, what else? Actually, I did watch something on Netflix uh, just the other day, which I thought was brilliant. It was called Society of Snow. 
right? It's a Spanish production. Society of the Snow. Society of the Snow. A Spanish production. Um, survival thriller film directed by J.A. Bayona. And it's all about the U Uruguayan 1972 uh, plane crash, right? The Andes dis flight disaster, where a plane carrying this rugby team from uh, Uruguay, I think they were going to Chile to 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 have a to play rugby. They crashed in the Andes and ended up stuck there for a grand total of seventy-one days. 71 days and it's a it's a it's a a gripping story of survival and of all sorts of things it's all about friendship faith and extremely difficult moral decisions in the face of like certain death stranded in the in the frozen andes um Fantastic. A really great film. I really, really enjoyed it. I mean, there's another film that tells the same story called Alive, which is an American production, I think, from a, from a couple of decades ago, three, two or three decades ago. Uh, this story, this one, I feel was perhaps even more powerful. Alive is a very powerful film, but this one I thought was even better than that. Uh, I watched it in Spanish with English subtitles. It's always nice to watch films in the original version, but, you know, reading the subtitles, it's nice to hear the original language. Great. Really recommend it. It's probably called something else um, in your language. La Sociedad de la Nieve. Is that correct? The Spanish version? Um, anyway, Society of the Snow, 19, uh, 2023 survival thriller film on Netflix. So I recommend it. Um, Anyway, uh, yeah, so anyway, l listening to me is, is more entertaining than, than watching Netflix, apparently. But, you know, I'll take, that, take the compliment. I take it. The next episode was 865 Catching Up with Amber and Paul, number 13. On the website, we're going to have the comment from James Kuo, who um, is kind of responsible, really, for bringing Amber, Paul and me back together to do another episode. Not that we needed much prompting, but just a little poke in the right direction was what we needed. And that's what James Kuo did. James Kuo wrote, Thank you for bringing Amber and Paul back, Luke. I can still remember that November night when I was watching Paul's live podcast and was just randomly asking Paul when he was going to be back on Luke's English podcast. And then he read my comment and decided to call you live on his podcast to ask you the same question. And then you both were on the phone making plans to make it happen. And now it's finally happened. I'm I'm so, so glad to finally see this episode. Amber and Paul are on the podcast. Yes. Thanks, James. Uh, what about on YouTube? What was the um, top comment on YouTube, I wonder? This one is simply this. It was uh, Ted, Tedris, Tedris L, Tedrissel? I don't know. Anyway, Thanks, Luke, for this wonderful episode with Amber and Paul. Do it again and again. Okay, yes. In fact, Amber, Paul and I were just uh, texting each other the other day, talking about how we really need to get together and do this again. And um, so that should happen, you know, before too long. Paul is away again um, at the moment, but when he's back, when the three of us are back in the same country, we will be getting together and to, to record something in some format. And we still have to... We still have to do another cultural uh, visit somewhere, 
like we did a couple of years ago when we went to the Louvre and recorded a podcast there. We're thinking of doing another one of those. And if not, we'll, we can just do something else. There's many things that we can do together. Let's move on then to um, the Lion Game number nine, which was the next episode. Any interesting comments there? Okay, this is just the most recent comment from Monica four days ago. Hi, Luke. I've just finished listening to this episode. I have to say that episodes with Paul and Amber are my favourites. And by the way, Paul mentioned seven stomachs when you were talking about cows. It was Alf who had seven stomachs. Um, Do you remember this American series about a hairy red creature that fell from space onto the Tanner House produced in the late 80s? I love this series. Greetings from Poland. I do remember Alf. Of course I remember Alf. Alien life form. Yeah, I don't remember much about him except that he was a puppet, right? An alien puppet, sort of brownish, reddish colour. And uh, he had a sort of a sense of humour. And didn't he like to play frisbee or something? Something like that. Anyway, yeah, and Alf had seven stomachs. Okay, how how many cows? How many how many cows do stomachs have? No, how many how many stomachs do cows have? How many how many stomachs does a cow have? All right, according to Google, according to MilkMeansMore.org, cows technically only have one stomach but it has four distinct compartments made up of rumen, reticulum, omasum, and abomasum. It's very different than a human stomach. That's why people often say that cows have four stomachs. They don't. They've got one. It's in four sections. So, in fact, no, none of us were right in the recording of that episode. But, yeah, Paul randomly said seven stomachs. But, yeah, he must. maybe that was like a little memory from watching Alf in 1989 because it was Alf who actually had seven stomachs. Cows have one, but in four sections. You see, you learn things. You learn cultural, you get cultural nostalgia and general knowledge from this podcast, as well as English. You learn about how many stomachs not only cows have one, but also um, nostalgic um, characters from old uh, 80s TV shows. Hmm. Um... (laughs) What about the uh, comment uh, on YouTube for this episode? Let's have a little look. What was the top comments? Come on then. It was it was this from Moroccanese. Two episodes with Amber and Paul within a week. That's wonderful. Thank you, Luke. You're welcome. <laughs> then, of course, someone had to reply. Two were recorded in the same day, as Luke has explained many, many times in the first episode. So no surprise. But yes, it was wonderful. I love that. That's like a slightly, uh, I don't know, um, that comment could have been mean, but in the end it turned out to be nice. Actually, Luke said this many, many times. They were recorded in the same day. But anyway, yes, it was wonderful. Heart emoji. So, all right, we, we still stayed nice in that comment. All right. Thank you for your comments. Let's move on to what? Episode 867. Let me just find that episode 800. Well, uh, wait a minute. Before before we get to that, there was obviously the episode called One Million Subscribers on YouTube. And I can sum up the comments under that, which are basically congratulations. And of course, remember, listeners, congratulations. It's always got an S on it. It's not just congratulation. It's always congratulations with an S. And also the other one is 
it's always thank God. Like, thank God I found your podcast, for example, or thank God for, for, for the internet or something. It's always thank God. It's not thanks God. It's not thanks God I found this podcast. That sounds like it could be logical, like you're saying thanks to God. Hey, God, thanks. Thanks, God. No, it's not actually that. It's, in fact, thank God. Like, uh, I, you know, I want to thank God or let's thank God. Let's say thanks to God. So let's thank God. So that's why it's thank God. Thank God I found this podcast, you might say. Would you say that? Thank you, Lord God, for allowing me the grace to find this podcast. Maybe. I don't know. I don't mean to be uh, glib about that. Uh, so what have we got? On the website, quite a lot of ninjas came out of the shadows to leave me comments uh, on this episode. Victoria said this. Hello, Luke. Hello, Victoria. I've been listening to your podcast for several years and I've been a ninja for all this time. Now I'm leaving my cosy shadows to congratulate you with what you absolutely deserve and thank you for your terrific work. A simple thank you is clearly not enough though. I'm not a podcast person at all and yours is in fact the only podcast I'm listening to. And I'm so lucky and happy to have such great company whenever I'm stuck in my daily routine, washing up, cooking, walking, traveling alone. I'm delighted to know English well enough to understand and appreciate such high quality content and such a lovely and intelligent person like you. Big, big thanks for your effort and time. Keep it up and take care. Cheers. Wow. Absolutely lovely. Thank you, Victoria. Um, that's nice. What else have we got on YouTube? Um, do we have a top comment there? So, Obviously, we're getting closer and closer to to now, right? So, I mean, that this one I'm looking at was only published 10 days ago. So there aren't that many, there aren't going to be that many comments or that many upvoted comments. But the top comment here is... Um, Simply this, I can't, I don't, I can't say the name, I, I can't say it, WG Chamara Sampath, again, I've just ruined someone's name, I'm sorry, anyway, the comment was this, simply, congratulations, Luke, you are a wonderful English teacher, thank you, well, that's very nice of you to say, thank you so much for, for saying that, lovely, what else have we got, okay, so this takes us to, if, a uh, fairly recent episode. In fact, this one was published last week as I record this. And um, it was episode 867, Multimodal Communication with Nick Peachy. That's where I talked to Nick Peachy about multimodal communication. And one of the things that happened in that episode was that at the end, I talked about how I was thinking about my podcast background and whether I should change it. And I sort of mentioned the idea that it would be good to just like remove loads of stuff from my background to make it more minimal, even suggesting that I could uh, install some sort of curtain behind me so that there was just nothing there at all. Because I, th I was concerned that maybe all of the details in my background were distracting. Um, and I said that. And also, I also talked about the values of this podcast. What are, what are the values that I represent with this podcast? And I kind of wasn't quite sure exactly how to summarize it because, um, I mean, I have defined my values, to be fair. I have defined them in, in the past because I wrote a, a list of aims for this podcast, you know, the aims for this whole show, which is basically to provide a resource of authentic speech for learners of English, to inform my audience about methods and strategies for improving their English, to educate my listeners 
uh, with grammar, to enrich your vocabulary, to entertain you, to highlight uh, aspects of culture, to raise awareness of pronunciation, to keep you engaged in the listening process long term, uh, to make you laugh out loud on public transport, and also to dominate the world with an army of ninjas equipped with biscuits and good English. Um, shout out to Chris Benitez there, by the way, for suggesting that last one. So I have actually identified my aims, but I wanted to consider more deeply what values I represent with this podcast. And I was a bit stumped by that question. I didn't quite know how to answer it. Answer it? I didn't quite, we, I didn't quite know how to answer it. But a few people wrote in, in the comments uh, what they thought. Let's have a look on the website page. See what I can see here. Okay, there's, there's a couple here on the website page. Uh, this first one is from Mar Marie, Marija, Maria, Marija, Marija. I'm not sure how to say your name. Of course. What, do you, what, what did you expect? Anyway, hello, this is my first time to comment on your podcast. It's my first time commenting. I would say. First, let me introduce myself. I am an older, retired teacher. I enjoy life. Life in retirement is really pleasant and interesting if you make an effort. I'm a grandmother. I have grown-up children with whom I also communicate via social media. The world is changing rapidly. I found this episode very interesting. The first thought that came to me when I started listening to this episode was, my God, how many interesting people I met in this podcast. How many good people. This episode is really something special. Topics that are important for the wider population and which give a lot of food for thought. Thank you uh, very much to you and your guest. I like your room and nothing bothers me. Greetings from Slovenia. Very nice. Hello to you there, Marija, Maria, Marija in Slovenia. Um, I don't get that many comments from Slovenia, so it's very nice to receive one. And um, food for thought, that's a nice expression, isn't it? It gives you food for thought. It gives you something to think about. And thank you for saying that you liked my room and that nothing bothers you. That's nice. Raquel also wrote a comment saying, Hi Luke, that was an interesting episode. I've really enjoyed it. As always, I'd like to tell you what you transmit to me. I usually listen to your podcast. I very seldom watch your videos. In my case, you give me f a feeling of closeness and proximity. It's almost as if you were a friend just talking to me. In fact, I usually talk to you out loud while I'm listening. You look relaxed, at ease. You make me feel that way too. That's why, I, that's why I've been listening to the podcast for the last two years. Thank you for your work. See you. Bye. Thank you, Raquel. Um, I think that is one of the things that you get from the audio episodes, right? Is that feeling of kind of closeness and proximity. Um, for some reason, when you just listen to the audio side of things, it feels a bit more intimate and a bit more like a one-on-one -on -one personal thing. When you watch on YouTube, you're definitely aware that you're just one of many other viewers because you can see the number of people who have watched the video, you see the comments below and stuff like that. There's more of a sense of interaction. And also you're, 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 you get the feeling that you're just watching one of many other videos which are immediately available to you. Whereas with the audio version, it's just you and the voice and that's pretty much it. So it is a different experience. Um, what about on YouTube? What is the most upvoted comment for this video? Um, 
it's my own comment <laughs> where I said, hello, my introduction is quite long, but hopefully useful. The interview starts at 22 minutes and 37 seconds. Leave a comment below and share your thoughts. But one person, uh, Tatiana, wrote this. Luke, don't change your background. It makes your videos unique, cosy, homely and special. It's always interesting not only to listen, but also to observe what is dear to you. And I think this brings you closer to your listeners. That's very nice. Thank you very much for that. Um, and other similar comments like uh, like this. Um, Luke, you are a sincere, open, positive-minded person. You have a sense of distance about yourself and a great sense of humour. Your podcast is a reflection of your personality. You pursue your passion, help others and make the world a better place. Very flattering comments. Thank you so much, everybody. Let's move on. And um, well, I was going to say, let's let's have a look at comments from the next episode, which is episode 868 which is called How the USA is Changing, with Lindsay McMahon from All Ears English. And I would read you comments from that, but you know what? I haven't even published that episode yet, because I'm recording this on Monday the 12th of February at 2.50 in the afternoon, and uh, I'm not due to publish the episode with Lindsay until four o'clock today. So... Um, We'll just have to wait and see what kind of comments we get from that. But hopefully they'll be similarly positive. Hopefully we'll get, you know, a good reaction to that episode as well. Uh, we will see. But I think that's probably it for this. And of course, please do leave your comments uh, to this episode, the one you've just heard with Kate. We talked about all sorts of things. It's, it's always lovely to talk to Kate. Um, and it's great to know that she's doing fine over there in, in Taiwan. And just to hear about how she, you know, how she decided to go and then just went off and did it. Uh, quite adventurous. Um, so that's good, isn't it? All right. Leave your comments in the comments section. Thank you so much for listening. I'll speak to you again soon. And as I said before, there'll be more solo uh, episodes coming. At least one story episode and a few other things which I've got uh, in the pipeline. So I'm looking forward to recording those and publishing them and then, then seeing what you think of them as well. All right. Thanks so much for listening. Thank you for commenting. Uh, and I will speak to you next time. But for now, it's time to say goodbye. Bye. 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 Thanks for listening to Luke's English Podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.co.uk. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love. And be confident that every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. If you enjoyed this episode of Luke's English Podcast, consider signing up for Luke's English Podcast Premium. You'll get regular premium episodes with stories, vocabulary, grammar and pronunciation teaching from me and the usual moments of humour and fun. 
Plus, with your subscription, you will be directly supporting my work and making this whole podcast project possible. For more information about Luke's English Podcast Premium, go to teacherluke.co.uk slash premium info.